Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, here's your host, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Thank you so much, Mr. Bruce. Hey there, you must have made it. You're probably one of the rebels of the sherpa Lucian. Thank you so much for coming to check out Too Many Podcasts. And yes, this is the season one finale. But don't worry, there's going to be more. And what if you just joined us? That's okay. The other episodes are right there on your favorite podcast app to check out. And I hope you do check them out because we really had a lot of fun this season. And don't worry, there's going to be a season two also. Today's show is being brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from in every genre, like thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and more. Audible titles play on iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. 500 devices. Do I even have 500 devices? I'll have to check my closet. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Sherpa. Hey, pretty good deal, right? And you think you're going to miss out on something coming to the season finale? No, not at all. Hey, let me ask you something. Did you ever get an earworm? You know what that is, right? When you get a song stuck in your head, you know, kind of like, um, hmm, what's the best way I can describe it? It's theme week, it's theme week, it's theme week. Yeah, like that, that's right. That's an earworm. This week's theme is true crime. We made it to talking about true crime podcasts. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? I'm glad you asked. Who's our guest today? It's Corina and Dylan from Morning Cup of Murder. And I had such a great time talking with those two. Married couple, wonderful people, and a blast to interview as well. I think they had a really good time too, and I'm I'm really happy for that. And their podcast is definitely worth checking out. They do these little five-minute bits that have to do with murder and mayhem. Without any further ado, why don't we go down to the conference room of the Sherpa Chalet, and we'll talk to them. Hey there, everybody out there in Podcastia. Tonight, we are not in the conference room of the Sherpa Chalet. Instead, we are at the crime scene investigation room of the Sherpa Chalet. Why? Because we're talking to the hosts of Morning Cup of Murder, or as I like to call it, Morning Cup of Murder. And I would like to introduce you to the hosts, Marina. And her husband, Dylan, who is the producer of the show. How are you guys doing? Hi. Hi. I really liked uh, your, the way you said the title. That was very good. <laughs> it's, always, it's always been the vision. <laughs> we need a little dun-dun-dun. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, why don't you guys tell us about yourselves? Uh, yeah. So I am Karina. I am the host slash researcher slash writer, writer slash voice yeah. slash visionary slash okay. everything <laughs> of the show. Um, and basically I am a stay at home slash work at home mom. And I write about pretty gruesome murders during nap time. 
So when, and we're recording this while the child is pretending to be asleep, but he is not. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically what I do. So I'm part mom, part true crime addict. <laughs> And I'm Dylan. I uh, I edit the show and I do all the scheduling and, and reaching out back and forth with people online. Right. I guess with all that slashing, that probably would make you a good uh, attraction for true crime stories, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did the two of you meet? Um, so t- 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago when we were both 19, we met in, uh, we met in college at an audition for a children's theater show. Uh, I had just transferred to that college, so I didn't know anybody. So I just went out to the audition to kind of get my foot in the door at that school. And I met him. Uh, and the rest is history. Yep, it's been, it'll be 10 years this year. Yeah, and we met, got engaged a month after meeting, and got married a year later. Oh, yeah. You knew he was the one. I did. I must have. It was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, I ask you this so we can disperse any rumors that if they say that you met at a crime scene or something like that, and <laughs> right. you know, that... walk up to you and said, you know, hey, you guys have a nice way with the uh, with a chalk outline. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a great story. It's <laughs> a nice outline you got there, Miss. <laughs> That's for the website. There you go. That you can. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Now, I, I was listening to one of your uh, preview shows because you just wrapped up your first season and you're going into your second season? Uh, we finished the first, we finished the first month. Okay. Well, yeah, no, we're, well, no, yeah, I guess well, it's, it's, we, we've started doing this um, uh, at the beginning of every month because it's a daily show. Okay. Uh, there's a new format where we do a bonus episode on the first kind of. Uh, doing a couple like shout outs to anybody that's supporting the show or any big things that are happening with it, as well as uh, kind of giving a preview of some of the more interesting, not like that, a teaser. Yeah, a teaser for some of the cases that are coming up. That yeah. Month. I understand when I was uh, listening to one of your monthly previews then that your inspiration for the podcast was basically a little desktop <laughs> calendar. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know how long these things have existed, but I remember like when I was a kid and in the nineties, like everybody's desk had those like little pads that every day you ripped off a page and it was like today's word of the day or on this day in history. And when we got, um, the little, like, I guess it's the echo or whatever, the Alexa, basically, um, she was like, had this option to do like a daily, um, on this day in history as part of like your morning routine. So I heard that and I was like, that's really cool and all. Cause like, I mean, I like history. It's cool to know, but I told Dylan, I was like, wouldn't this be cool? Like totally catered to me, but very cool. If it had like on this day in history, this crime happened or this particular thing in true crime happened. And he was like, well, why don't you do it? So that's where it came from. Who would have thought that a little thing like that would, would inspire you to do a great podcast. Yeah. It was just like, it was such an offhanded thing to say and, if he hadn't have turned around and said, why don't you do it? I probably just would have let the idea go and moved on. Now, there's a podcast out called Insomniac, and it's about uh, a podcaster who does true crime stories, but some of the stories actually haunted him in his sleep. Oh, so, and I was never... just curious if any of the stories that you've ever done like haunt you after you record them. First of all, I have to add that podcast to my list because I've never heard of it. That sounds great. 
It's pretty uh, new. Yeah. No, um, I guess I, I wouldn't say any of them haunt me because I can't, I feel like I can't let them affect me or I would never be able to do that, to do this podcast because because it's daily, I don't get a break. Like I don't get a day where I can go, all right, today I'm not thinking about it. Or I don't get a day where I'm like, wow, that was just too much and I just can't deal with it for a couple of days. I can't really do that. So I guess I just read it. I read these, these stories and I guess, cause I've been do like, I've been into it for so long cause I've been into true crime since I was a kid. So I think it's just to the point where like, it doesn't affect me or bother me. But I will say on the other side of that, that the ones that give me like kind of like a pause are definitely the ones that have to do with kids, especially like as a parent, it's hard for you to think about that. It's hard for you to like picture that or imagine that and you kind of have to like shut your brain off and be like don't don't think about that or don't don't ever imagine that so those ones definitely give me pause but I can't let it truly truly affect me or I would never be able to do the podcast your show it's basically five minutes long and it's a it's a nice capsulized version yeah. of of these events it's not too extensive and it's not yeah. too gory either good yeah you keep the blood to a minimum I guess I try too. I try did you find any that were too gruesome to report? Not yet. I think, like I said, if it wasn't something that I was already into, it definitely would. I will say, though, I do try and avoid a lot of triggering topics. So like ones that deal with like religion, race or sexuality. I try to cover those. I do cover them every once in a while when I feel they're very important to hear about. But I try and make sure that I handle them with as much like respect and grace as I can but so those ones I would so I wouldn't say gruesome bother me more so just ones that like are are these small marginalized group where it's like your empathy gets to you were there any stories that kind of fascinated you oh my gosh um yeah I I think stories that have to do with like the psychological part of it so like there's you know there's always people that they there's, you know, killers who go out and they just do it. They have no rhyme, no reason. They just do it. But then you've got these like deep seated psychological ones. So you've got things like, you know, like Ted Bundy, like he killed women that looked a very specific way. And it's like, what made him do that? Like what? So ones that make you go, why, why did he do that? What made him do that specific thing? Like ones like that, or even ones that are like the golden state killer who I haven't covered yet because it's a lot of work but I will eventually, but like he evaded capture for so long. So it's like the ones like that, where they've got like, they've got that special something that make them different. And then like, of course I'm, there's a cult is always something good and fun to like <laughs> read about. They're always interesting. They're always bizarre. And it's just, they're interest. They're entertaining. It's, it's kind of like, you know, taking something apart to like figure out why it's broken or, or what's off about, off about it like if you think about it like opening up a clock it's like what what's going on in here it's making this tick a little weird and so there's those are the ones that are fascinating the ones that yeah. just they're bizarre they're weird you can't figure it out yeah and i guess that's probably why there are a lot of true crime stories on because like you said you know people probably wonder what's going on inside their heads you know exactly. that's, this is why we see little you know tv shows too that they don't really they make a presentation of this unusual mind of this person and right and right look what yeah. they did and you know whether it's fiction whether it's csi well, or csi yeah that too like i mean you've got listen there's the amount of true crime television shows and podcasts around right now are 
staggering at this point. There oh, are yeah. so many, right. which makes me happy because I have plenty to, 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 to digest myself. <laughs> like I have plenty to go watch and listen to, but yeah, I mean, even, even the ones that the fiction ones, there's some, there's some basis in reality and like things that cases that really have happened. And it's yeah. always these fascinating, weird ones. The one with Andy Patankin used to be in it, and he was Criminal a, Minds. Criminal Minds, thank you very much. Oh, that's one of my, ask Dylan, that's one of my favorite television shows. We've watched it a million times. Yeah, and that's actually what? he left the show after the first two years because he said it got to him after Oh, I'm sure it did. Out of the stories that you did, who was probably the most prolific murderer that you uh, had? Yeah, I think I've covered, I've covered some, I've covered quite a few big ones, but I think the one that like, the two, I think, that everybody, the minute you hear their names, everybody, doesn't matter if you're into true crime, doesn't matter, you know who they are. I don't, I've done Jeffrey Dahmer, I've done, and I've done Charles Manson, and I actually did Charles Manson on the, like, obviously on the anniversary, but it was like the 50th? Uh, yeah, 50th. The 50th anniversary, so that was kind of like a big thing where, like, I was able to cover it on its 50th anniversary. So, like, but, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if you've never even opened a true crime book, watched a television show, you know those two names. Even like a generation of today is hearing about something that went on in, in the late 60s. Right. Like you said, his, like his name kind of is synonymous with cults and serial oh, killing. For sure. for sure. Who eluded capture the longest? Would it be the Golden State Killer? I would say like, I was thinking about this when I, when I was reading the questions. I was, I was trying to think of ones there are tons that like the Golden State Killer did evade capture for forever. I haven't covered him yet, but I know, I just know that, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of that one, but I did like start to look back at my old episodes. And I was like, which one of these, which one of these, um, did, you know, it just, just didn't, no one fa figured it out basically. And there's one and it hasn't aired yet. So this is kind of a tiny sneak peek, but, um, <laughs> it happens this month. It's the 15th, I believe. There okay. was a case of this girl named Pam Millam, and she was basically, she was walking back to her car after she left um, a college sorority party in 1972, and she disappeared, they couldn't find her, and the next day, her dad and sister, when they were looking for her, found her dead in the trunk of her own car, on campus still. And for years and years and years, no one knew what was going on. There was one person who was arrested, but then they ruled him out, and no one figured out until this other, this man named Sean Keen, he would became the chief of police years later. And I don't even know, I, I have to look at it, but I can't remember. I don't even think he was alive when the case happened. Um, but basically he became, he got in charge and he just said, I'm going to so help. Here's all this cold cases. He divvied them out to all of his officers. And then he said, me, I'm going to take the oldest one. And so he took this one. And even then he still took him years and then finally through familial DNA, which is kind of the same thing that helped capture the Golden State Killer, um, he was able to figure out that it was this, um, this guy, and I, uh, Jeffrey, his name was Jeffrey Hand. And he was dead already. He had died only like three years after the murder during, in the shootout for a totally separate crime. But they definitely had, they had a name now. They knew who did it but it took them 46 years to solve that crime. I mean, he evaded capture technically for his whole life because he did die a couple years after. But so technically he didn't get captured, but it was just, it, that's such an interesting story to me. That's 46 years of a family not knowing what happened to their child. And then, yeah, so that one was really interesting. And then I also covered um, already Jack the Ripper, who is one of the oldest cold cases there is. And, you know, there are all 
still new theories that come out about who he may, may have been. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a story that, that does not let up. Yeah, there are people who dedicate their lives to figuring out who he is. They're called ripperologists. I, ju I learned that recently. I was like, and he, even Dylan was like, when he was editing, he was like, didn't know that was a thing. Now I know. My, my favorite Jack the Ripper fan theory, it, well, fan theory, or I guess you can call it that or not, but is uh, that he actually came to America, moved to Chicago, and became as H.H. Holmes. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, wow. Who is a prolific serial killer from Chicago. Um, this is a big deal that he's talking about this because prior to being married to me, even now, he hated true crime. He would, he never watched the, tele he was like, I can't watch Law and Order. I can't watch any of it. It's all bad. I hate it. And now I'm like, now you, you stay awake at night listening to my podcast over and over again. And so it's, it's you're, you've taken supportiveness to a whole new level. I, yeah, I'm, I am not a true crime fan. But you kind of um, had to become one. I've kinda, I, I know lots about it now. <laughs> uh, but it's, it is, it's true crime. <laughs> you, you learned about it whether you wanted to or not, right, Dylan? Exactly. Right. So where you're living, uh, are there any stories in the news about serial killers in your state? So recently... Um, so they're not necessarily, I wouldn't say like serial killers, but. Well, first off, we live in Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Throw that out there. But. Um, but we actually had a couple pretty interesting cases. We had a man literally in our town um, who he was on the run and he was literally hiding in the woods and in people's like deer hunting blinds for, I don't even know how long he was. It was about two weeks. I was going to say it was a couple weeks. And schools went on lockdown. We had friends who lived out in that area that he was supposedly in who came and stayed with us because, like, they were nervous. Because the area he was in is kind of the area where Dylan's family lives. So it's yeah. a little more rural. You can say backwoods. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the guy even, like, we found out later that he even hit out on his... Yeah, he was, he was seen on some of my family's farmland like through like deer like hunting cameras from their yard. he stole jackets from barns and stuff like that and he would just kind of like go through because it's you're talking thousands of acres of just empty farmland and your next neighbor is like five minutes down the road like it's just one oh, of yeah. those type areas mm -hmm. so he basically hid for a couple weeks he killed i think two people before mm -hmm. going on the run um and he he was caught he was caught and he now is in prison but so that was a little yeah, that scary was, for yeah. a while. And then we also just had, uh, like, literally, like, two weeks ago, the guy from the oh, yeah. prison. So a guy in a prison, like, what was, like, two hours away from here? Yeah. Um, he killed um, a woman who worked in the prison in order to escape. And he was on the run for not that long, not, yeah, he, much, not that long. He was in low security. He was driving a tractor that, um, and he was like tilling land and everything for like the communal, uh, inmates and whatnot for their like garden. And then he got out, killed the person that was, she was living on the property of the prison, I believe. I think so. There wasn't a lot of information, but that one hit particularly close to home. Kind of because my my dad is actually a corrections officer at a, a maximum security prison. So, like, he had to help. Like, he stood guard at her body for, like, 
uh, for a few hours and like, but it's just scary because it was like, well, I know my dad has a dangerous job, but like hearing it, like hearing that that something happened to a corrections officer was a little, that was a little less, ooh, yay, true crime in my neck of the woods and more, ooh, no, I don't like that one. Well, it, it literally gives meaning to too close to home, right? Exactly. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Well, we've had stories in the past about the Gilgo Beach Mm -hmm. I guess he would kill prostitutes and he would bury him in the beach after he killed them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I, I have vague, me like, remember, like memories of he reading about that somewhere. Yeah. They, they haven't caught him yet or her or whomever it may be. Who knows? Yeah. Him, so, her, them. Some, someone's doing it. Yeah. So have you noticed any common threads in some of the people that you, you're reporting on, like the kidnappers and the killers? Yeah. So there's a reason. So there's a joke. It's kind of like a joke among like people who are interested in this thing. That's like blame the mother. Like it's like oh it's always if whatever happened oh blame their mother blame their mother. But there's kind of truth behind that in that not always. I, I'm not gonna make broad generalizations, but a lot of times these men and women have these horrific childhoods or these. And it's not just moms. It's the dads too. But it's just like these childhoods that it's just like. You don't, it does, you don't want to because you know what a bad person they are, they are, but you kind of read it and you go, man, they did not have a chance. Things like that. There's, you know, parents who are abusive or just do these horrible things you could never even imagine. And then also there's head injuries that are always a good indicator of something that's going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, so it's hard sometimes because you read, you read those stories and you read them and, you, and you're like, man, I know that he turns out to be this horrible man or this horrible human being. But man, I feel bad for him as a kid. It's funny that you should mention that because we were out and as I was coming in, I was listening to a podcast about Ed Gain. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to bring him up. Yeah. I think he's the standard bearer for uh, oh bad God. childhood. Yep. And, and for blaming your, and the mother. Yep. He had a, his, his mom was wild. <laughs> I, it was funny. One of the hosts was saying that he saw a picture of her and he said, she pretty much looks like you would expect her to look. Oh yeah, yeah. If you look at her, you look at her. You're like, yep, yep. That's that's basically what I pictured. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, did you? Uh, what do you think is the most common underlying reason for why serial killers kill? Ah, that's such a. It's hard to know because especially because I in no way, shape, or form am an expert. I am just a, for a lack of a better word, a fan. <laughs> um, but. I feel like a lot of it is, if I were to m choose something, it would be undiagnosed or honest, uh, untreated mental illness. You know, you, you hear about it a lot. Uh, when you, like it's it's kind of like the thing with the parents. You read about this a lot and you feel horrible because you're like, gosh, did you really have a chance to do better in your life? Did you really have a chance to be a better person? Because you hear you hear these cases and then they go to a trial and then they inevitably go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and they find out they've got this laundry list of just these diagnoses and like these horrible mental illnesses or these mental illnesses that they couldn't help and it's just, so it's hard so you hear about that kind of stuff it's like, again it's just like with the parents it's like it's hard you kind of in a deep part of you feels a, a tiny bit of sadness for them and you feel bad for them, and then you go, wait a minute, but wait a minute. They also did these horrible things that you can't, you can't forgive, but at the same time, it's like, wow, they had this stuff wrong with them. They had this stuff going on. You know, and, uh, you know, especially, you know, we're, you're raised, you know, not to want to kill. 
Right. And, and, you know, and here are people that, you know, once they've done it once and, you know, there's, there's something that drives them to do it again. And, you know, there's you no know, discerning between right and wrong. Yeah. And it's especially hard when you, when you read those and those people who make those choices are children, because it's like, it's like, you don't, you, they don't know right for wrong yet, or they, they've got a very vague understanding of right for wrong. Cause like as a parent, that's kind of what you're supposed to teach them is, you know, Hey, this is good. And this is bad. But then these kids, you know, sometimes they commit their first murder when they're in their, they're 10, 11, younger even sometimes. Man, they had no chance to learn right from wrong. Yeah. You know, they, they, and then from there, you're right. Once it happens once, it's kind of hard to. You get this detachment from emotion in a sense. You see it with like a lot of children when they start, you know, dissecting bugs and then they move to animals and then it's you know they're in a sense opening things up and seeing how they work and then it just it it always graduates and then like you said once it's one then well how many more can i do and it's it's fascinating and it's coming from someone like you know like we've already said that doesn't like true crime but to just to see that graduation it's like escalation escalation yeah. that's a better way of saying it all right we'll go into a little bit of a lighter subject here <laughs> <laughs> yeah now, since this is a show about podcasts, yeah. are there any podcasts that you guys like to listen to? I am going to be very boring because I have listened to a ton of, like, I've listened to, like, a few episodes here and there of a random podcast here and there, and I've listened to a few, like, one-off seasons, like Dr. Death and things like that, and, I, and, and um, ones that just have a, a very small season. But my one tried-and-true podcast that I will listen to almost daily and I have gone back and re-listened to is the podcast My Favorite Murder. Um, I've listened to, like I said, I've listened to them a thousand times. We've seen, I've seen them live twice. I've been once. Yes, I, he got dragged along once. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, so, I've, uh, so they are my tried and true and then when I need a break from them, which is very seldom, but my other one I really like is Lore. Uh, me you have a complete opposite taste in podcasts i am a i'm a big old nerd uh i am a huge fan of dungeons and dragons so i listen to um a dungeons and dragons podcast called uh, critical role uh i listen to the adventure zone which is another group of people playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> uh, i also really enjoy lore um but i yeah no you I, mostly stick to the dungeons and dragons mostly nerdy nerdy podcasts <laughs> and now we have the portion of the show that everybody loves it's called shameless self-promotion shameless self-promotion shameless self-promotion and this is the part where you guys get to let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you i'll leave that up to you because that's kind of your Niche. Uh, that's you, my, that's, that's my what shit. you do for me. <laughs> uh, so, let me put on my my voice. Morning cup of murder. <laughs> no, uh, morning cup of murder. It you know that's the name of the show, and that's pretty much where you can find the show on um, Instagram and Facebook. If you just look for morning cup of murder, uh, then on Twitter it's a little different because uh, murder can't be used in the <laughs> in the title, so it's a cup of murder. Uh, well, no, no, no. It's just, it was too long. So it's cup of murder. That's what it is. Something I was trying to build the other day wouldn't let murder be put in the, uh, 
in the tagline. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. And then if anybody ever wanted to get a hold of us via email, uh, it's just morningcupofmurder at gmail.com. Yeah. And then, yeah. oh, the other, the only other one I could think of is um, there's Patreon, but yeah, uh, that's just for people who like it. Yeah, there is a Patreon, and that, like I said, if you just search "Morning Cup of Murder," it's all pretty well branded throughout. There is no, <laughs> there is no full website yet. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll stay tuned. Yeah. Hopefully, yes. we'll see. Now, we'll see. I, you guys said earlier before we started that I was your first interview. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you guys are actually the first married couple that I've interviewed. Oh, we feel very special. That's it's that's because, like I tell people, we're very codependent. So, <laughs> so. There's never a venture that one of us does without the other one somehow being involved. So, yes. <laughs> Well, Karina and Dylan, I'd like to say thank you very much for coming on down to the show. Well, thank you oh, for having thanks, us. Jim. We appreciate being on. You were, it'll be hard to top. Oh, thanks. An and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't forget to check out Morning Cup of Murder. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say you like Morning Cup of Murder and you need something a little bit bigger, like Morning Jug of Murder. Well, that podcast doesn't exactly exist, but I do have a few more Sherpa suggestions for true crime podcasts that you can check out. We also have Monster, Serial, Insomniac, which we talked a little bit about during the interview, Up and Vanished, and Time Suck with Dan Cummins. Now, Time Suck isn't exactly a true crime podcast per se, but Dan is a really funny comedian and he goes over a lot of events in history and he does cover a good chunk of true crime stories. And they really go into a deep dive on some of these if you're really into the gory details. And a warning that these other shows that are recommended, they can be a little graphic and uh, go into some crazy kind of violence and blood and mayhem so if you're a little queasy some of these shows you might want to steer clear of but morning cup of murder is always a safe bet for you anyway if you definitely want to just get a nice sampling of it i think it's also important to point out that there are a ton of true crime podcasts out there in podcastia and the one thing that they have all in common none of them end with the sherpa did it so much for coming down to the Sherpa Chalet and thank you again to Corina and Dylan of Morning Cup of Murder. Make sure you check out their podcast. If you haven't caught the other episodes, there's still plenty of time to listen to them. Don't worry, there's no particular sequence. Actually, if you start now and play them backwards, I don't mean backwards like No, you don't do it like that. I'm in, in reverse order. Then you can see what was going on and what you missed over the season. We've got season two coming up and next week, we will actually have a little mini episode. And on that, we're going to acknowledge a lot of people who really helped make this podcast start to grow. We've got more growth to go, but we're off to a good start. I'm very happy with it. And I just want to show my appreciation. And not only will it just be a show of appreciation, we're also going to do a special Sherpa Suggestions. And by that, I mean, we're going to check out some of the shows that I regularly like listening to. We're also going to talk about what's coming up for season two and a couple other things I may have up my sleeve. If you want to hear our show, we're on about 10 different platforms. 
like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And on those, you can leave a review. And it's also Radio Public and Podcoin, where you can actually earn money for listening to podcasts. And of course, Anchor FM, where you can actually leave a voicemail for this show. And if we like it, we'll play it on a future show. Sounds pretty cool, huh? While you're checking out the show, you can also check out the website, www.jimthepodcastsherpa.wixsite.com forward slash website. Wow, I'm getting pretty good at saying all of that pretty fast. Wow. Practice. And if you have a TuneIn account, you can listen to this podcast on your Alexa speaker. It's really easy. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play too many podcasts on TuneIn, and you'll hear the latest episode. And don't forget to follow us on social media, where we have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and an Instagram page. And for Twitter and Instagram, it's the number too many podcasts. And for Facebook, it's the word too, T-O-O, many podcasts, just to avoid any confusion. So there's plenty of ways to keep up with what's going on with the show and also to listen to it. So I hope you do that. And in the meantime, I hope you've had a shippalicious season and that you come back for season two, where we'll have a lot more interesting guests and we'll have a lot of fun too. So be sure to check us out. And viva la shippalution. Mr. Bruce, take us out of here for the end of season one. Thank you, sir. And thanks for listening. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la chapelition. Viva la chapelition. <coughs> oh. Yell, come back now, you hear? <laughs>